Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Moss. And you're listening to The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. Forward Bionically. Came out of nowhere. In all directions, my friend. Feel the face. You know what that means? That means I'm pants. I got my yellow shirt on. I got my pants. I got my headdress. Luke Cage <sighs> Sorry, I lost my head for a second. But yo, you mentioned it and I got jazzed. Yeah, you get all pumped up, I see. I do, I do. Hopped up on the stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF. I am at B. In the house, that luscious voice you heard, those dulcet tones, that buttery smoothness, belongs to Black Adam Willis. Yes, 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 yes. I always love the introductions, my friend. How are you doing? Dude, I'm hot as hell. Her, what's going on with the temperature in here? Sorry, I'll take care of that. Yeah, thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it, people are talking. It's like I went. I had the you know the sweatshirt on, and it's like, oh, it's a nice fall day. I'm like, it's not a nice fall day. It's hot. Yeah, it's hot out. That's what <laughs> yeah. it's called. Yeah, Tomorrow's gonna be worse. Yeah, New England dude, for you, man. What the hell? It's what like humidity up in Boston. This is October. Yeah, I'm like, you know, let me get some pumpkins and you know uh, spice in here. <laughs> some pumpkin spice lattes. Pumpkin that spice you, I know you. No, you're in. That's, that's how I get. Thought that. I saw you in line at Starbucks oh, all day. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about if you're not from this region. But yo, in the house, we have an awesome show for y'all. And we have returning the most illustrious, most prestigious, always well-informed, always overly opinionated. I'm talking about Mix Macau. Sup? Hey. Sup? Welcome back. Sup? All right. Sup? <laughs> Sup, ah, guys? No, no, it's okay. Sup, internet? It's, it's, it's all good. We'll get you in the zone. Just want to say it's a very snazzy pumpkin shirt you got on. Oh yeah, I'm a, for for those out there who are not uh, viewing me on the Twitch stream. On the Twitch at- stream, uh, I'm wearing a pumpkin shirt that I got at Target, like a kid's Halloween shirt. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite thing about it is that I have neon green hair, so I feel like I am the pumpkin. I have become <laughs> it's all one the great pumpkin, and yeah. it is me. No, nice. I would have gone with you. Are the pumpkin? I am very spicy, so I'm like ready. I feel the pumpkin. Uh, there's a, there's a white the there's a, there's an extra white joke here I refuse to make. I look to the left of me here, and I'm talking about the dude who comes through. I, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of something cool for you to actually have, but you didn't give me any like any any kind of uh, any kind of like aid or assistance last time. You were just very like plain. It's like, yo, I'm gonna give this dude the illest Monica ever. Your name is. Oh hey, I'm Ryan. <laughs> All yeah, right. I'm Ryan. Um, Ryan G. Ryan, Ryan, whichever. Okay, so we'll just Ryan. <laughs> really bowling us over uh, there, dude. Yeah. Whoa, 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 there's only one just here. There's yeah. a, no, this, you're this right. I'm sorry. It's true. All right, next That's to the anon- next to the anonymous Ryan, we have just Johnny. Yo. Hey, and let's also not forget the man who keeps it sounding amazing every week. I'm talking about DJ Herbie Herb. Yo. Hey. All right. So first of all, I'm glad you all could join us here for this sermon today. Oh, my God. Very, mm. No, no sermon. BS. we do have the second part of NYCC coverage. Mm-hmm. We have Ryan bringing up a couple of game reviews. And my man, you're going to lay it down. Is that correct? That's right. All right. Awesome. And we also have a couple of comic reviews that, yo, it's been a long time coming. And Back to the Future goes Black to the Future. You didn't Black know. to the Future. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. You got the, so got the new review on that witty. new Back to the Future stuff? Yeah, yeah I know, right? That, <laughs> shoot. They're keeping it fresh. No, no, I, I, will, I will lay down the, um, the, uh, the inside info on uh, Back to the Future Citizen Doc. Uh, okay. Citizen Brown. I got you. All right, but no, let's jump right into some news real quick because it was interesting. Um, one of the things we've kind of become famous for is reporting on the geek crime news. The, uh, the nerdy scoff laws. The um, geek crime laws. The geek crime laws. It should be a whole segment. You heard of Jim Crow. Not, no, whoa, 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 <laughs> sorry, I don't know where that was coming from. 
the story is a comic shop in Moncton, New Brunswick, Canada was burglarized for uh, rare magic cards, Magic the Gathering cards. Mm -hmm. The uh, thief only took magic cards. So he had the whole place to himself. He he busts in. He he's got it all right there, and that's all he takes. Yeah, you. It's like a, in modern comics, there's nothing worth more than the Magic the Gathering right. cards. There's well, literally just, nothing worth more. It's like the bank robbers in the movie, though. They go in and they just take the things from the safe. And they don't go to the vault because they know it wastes time. Maybe he just knew what he was doing. So he grabbed, you know, uh, the things of value and was out. It's a professional we're you talking about here. You can resell those for probably more than you can imagine. Magic cards are ridiculous these days. Yeah, yeah that's one thing that gets me though. It's like. Like, this dude knew exactly what to take. He went specifically for these cards. So He's this been casing this joint for a while, man. Yeah. You have to have a place to sell it also. Yeah. Like, you have to know enough about magic cards, not just know which to take, but also know where you can get away with selling them. Get a buyer. Is it the, the magic card black market? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I used to do tournaments, <laughs> and they're really... I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say black market, but there's definitely Gray market. all but people selling them out of their Obsidian trunks market. in the parking lots. Yeah. That's crazy. In it's tournaments, you got especially gotta, rare cards. Yeah, you got to be careful. Like other players will actually swipe some of your yep. cards it's if ridiculous. you're not protective of it. Damn. Yeah. They also do shady stuff at tournaments where they'll fake that their sideboard includes a couple extra cards that clearly was not in their sideboard. Hey, what's, oh, wow. look what Yeah, there's a nefarious the underground to the Magic the Gathering community. Well, are you sure you can divulge this information? The, uh, They're the going to come after the, the, the me. They're going to send some lab rats after me. I know. There's you counterfeits, joke, too. Like, yeah. like yeah, they the will they'll print thing. out the card mm -hmm. and stick it in a sleeve, and no one, they're hoping that no one's going to say anything about it uh, and say, oh, is that printed? Like, Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was wondering, because we live in the age of 3D printers and everything where, you know, Xerox can get things so nuanced, you know, you can actually make legitimate looking... Everything's money. getting better. 3D print a gun. Fake, fake IDs yeah. are getting better, too, you know, like yeah, working in the bars amazing. and stuff. They just... Modern technology is really assisting on the counterfeiting. Holograms and everything. Yeah. So, Magic the Gathering cards, aren't they uh, serial numbered or anything? I don't think no, so. No. 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 Yeah, I mean, okay, some of the cards in this collection so, include a, um, a Black Lotus Unlimited, Black which goes Lotus. for 3000 and up. So what, yeah, yeah, what makes it more valuable? Just the rarity of it? It, it is the rarity. So when they print out a new set, they print out X number of cards, and once they finish that print, they don't print out anything new. They right. print out a new set. Sometimes they'll reprint a card, but the card that was, the rare card that's in an older set still remains rare and expensive mm. simply because it's part of that set so you have the set and then the card name, and then yeah. that's sort so of... So it sounds like you know a lot about this. What's the... Yeah, you know a lot about card theft, Johnny. Where were you on the night yeah. of... Uh... Well, what's the most expensive card? Is there is there one in particular uh, that's like it's like the Honus Wagner baseball it, card? It is like the Black Lotus. Of, yeah. It is that one, but... Because that's... the Lotus is printed upside down by mistake? Yeah, it could have changed. But that's what it was and what it has been for a very long time was the Black Lotus. Like, everyone hailed it. It's like the Holy Grail. Like, mm. oh, you have Black Lotus? Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's my question then. Are these ultra rare, valuable cards actually used in competition? Are actually used in Magic gaming? Amy, okay, you and I are having a, this hardcore throwdown. I'm gonna use this zombie card worth like 500 bucks. So it varies by what it is, but some of the cards, for example, Black Lotus, that one is much more valuable due to its rarity. But there's other cards that are more valuable due to what they do, their effects, if you will. Mm. And certain cards are like I don't want to say overpowered but something that might just basically be almost an instant win, if you will. Like, there's a lot of things that can make or break a game, and if you have those, they mm. cost more because they're more sought after, but they're also not something that you can easily get. Yep. Okay, and the so Black Lotus, yeah. in particular, is one of the most overpowered cards in the game, mm. and they can't play in tournaments unless it's the tournament type that allows for everything. Mm. But in general, the turns are either type 2, which is the most recent stuff, 
or Legacy, which is everything except for the overpowered cards, and Black Lotus is one of the overpowered cards. It's very similar to, I used to do also um, Pokemon gaming tournaments, Mm -hmm. and it was like, you can't play with your legendaries, for example. Like, if you made a team, you couldn't just be like, and here's my six Mewtwo's. Like, you couldn't, it's, it's the same sense of, you couldn't have these rare things that knock you so far above the other players. Mm. But back to the original story, what's so interesting is now that these cards have been stolen, where do you sell these things that you won't get caught? It's almost like fencing jewelry. If you steal a well-known you know, necklace or a diamond or a piece of jewelry from a prestigious place, how do you fence that? Yeah, you question you that. can't just roll up to the next tournament and be like, oh, I conveniently no, no, uh, have on. this card. You're not stealing this to like sell it, do you? are stealing these to add it to your collection, so like, for every time you open it up, you'd be like, ah, yeah. look what I got. Well, so, <laughs> and if, Go we on, are, I mean, if we are selling it, like, how, how rare are we talking about? Like, How rare is Black this Lotus card? is exceptionally rare. The people that are higher level collectors probably know where they all are. Not literally, but you can't go to a con and be like, oh, I'll take this Black Lotus from your case. Uh, so do we know I, how many by number are there like out there? It, like, there is a, a known number, which is the number of boxes of that set that were printed out. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely in the thousands, but there's also you know wear and tear. Cards get ruined mm-hmm. or lost. So it's some subset of a few thousand of these cards. There well, that's was, why a, I was asking about serial numbers though, because no, that seems like a no, lot to keep don't. tabs on. They don't. Yeah, so they can actually steal the card and then sell it on eBay or whatever. And unless the owner, the original owner of it, marked the card, which is stupid, uh, <laughs> there's no real way. This is way. my card worth three thousand dollars. Uh, I put a big X on it. I know it's a little plate. different. It reminds me of uh, the Ninth Gate, that book with a uh, Johnny Depp, and it's like the rare book collection. There's three copies of this book, and he's got to go and verify each one. Similar to that, I guess, where the people who know them probably know where the other ones are. The you know this is kind of going back also like the Isabella Stewart Garden Museum has the whole like stolen painting stuff. For uh, for those who don't know, there was a, a big painting heist there many years ago, mm-hmm. uh, completely unsolved. We don't know where they ended up. So they many haven't turned up. So, many. so it's almost similar to that though. It is probably perpetrated by a collector. These are not things that are probably going to end up being sold. Well, the these, dude that these took are not these. things that are going to end up back in circulation because how do you take something <laughs> iconic and then sell it? You'd really have to have the connections and know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If he just walks into his next card shop and says, oh, I want to sell you a Black Lotus, like that's not going to go no. too well. It seemed like this was thought out. Like I said, we, he didn't take anything else. No. So he just went in and he wanted this one thing. It seems either he had something set up or you're right, he's not going to just throw it back out there. And, Herb uh, said the he, wants, he wants it for yeah. himself. Dude, well, uh, dude, dude, I, just, dude, what's up? I just went to eBay and there's like a whole bunch of Black Lotuses and they're all like... Super expensive, man. Yeah, so well, it's, well, probably, it's probably not that, that hard to sell it either. So what are we talking well, about? How much, how much are they? Uh, well, the highest one right now is 125000 Okay, what's the lowest Jesus. one? Lowest one. Like seven. Wait, 125000 Yeah, that's what the man said. More, uh, more luck to you, yeah. buddy. Let's see. Wow. Lowest see one, one, lowest yeah. one. How'd you put your kids through bucks. college? Oh, well, bucks. I had a black eight, lotus. Eight, eight. $800. That one's probably marked. They uh, dog-eared that one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, what I was yeah. thinking is um, this dude went in very very meticulously, went to that case, cracked that case open, and just like gingerly put each one into his pack. Yeah. Well, I'll laugh maniacally. I didn't know they were that expensive. I guess that's why it's a new story. Well, okay. The managers put out an APB on the store's uh, Facebook looking for the suspect. So if anyone's out there, let's see, he's a, uh, about 5'5 five, five to 5'8 five, scrawny man wearing a white, gray, uh, light-colored hoodie, and maybe wears glasses. You called the cops right away. <laughs> yep. 
Johnny, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah, right. Was this was this in our neck of the woods? Man, well, you know Canada. you were. That before was... before we leave this story real quick, I just mm. want to say to our to our listeners and stuff, the, on a Magic the Gathering note, one of my favorite cards is called Enthralling Victor, mm. and I feel like everyone owes it themselves to look up Enthralling Victor Magic the Gathering card and just enjoy the artwork on that card, which is a glowingly attractive man with his like a shirtless brawny man surrounded by goblins, and one goblin is just gawking at his abs, <laughs> and he's enthralling Victor. Enthralling. Well, okay. Enthralling Victor. Victor. And while you're at it, look Victor. for my favorite card, LeBron's Dick. It's so named because it's so over... No, I'm kidding. All right, <laughs> All right so next news story. Um, Fantagraphic, <clears throat> Fantagraphics, book, uh, Fantagraphics Books and creator Matt Fury uh, have released a statement condemning the appropriation of the character of Pepe the Frog. Oh, boy. Um, by oh, yeah. Happy 2016, groups. everyone. I did hear this. All right, well, We've reached the nadir. 4chan and stuff, right? Yeah, 4chan, yeah. Tumblr. All Sorry right. for my groaning noise. Yeah, right. No, it's a- just Amy, the soundtrack you... to this news story, upsettingly. Oh, well, hey, lay it on us if you can. It's so... a dank meme. He's it... just a stupid meme. And mm. then for some reason it got like picked up as like this weird political like Yeah, I did the... this interview with a guy on oh. Vice who has a tattoo and he's like, "Now you have like this hate Well, it was a rare symbol pepe. on your, yeah. So for well, those who don't know, the, the briefest way to explain this is outside of what you're talking about. Yeah. It took a life of its own on Tumblr, especially known as a rare Pepe. So you would have this Pepe and you would Photoshop Pepe's stupid face onto all kinds of ridiculous things. You know, you'd have the Pepe Mona Lisa. It's like crying Jordan. Have, yeah, no, 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 exactly. It's, it's more like just, being Calvin. Exactly. It's just yeah. super stupid. And you'd be like Chef Boyardee with Pepe's face and you'd be like, ah, yes, a rare Pepe. Like, it was just really stupid. And then somehow it became the weird, like, alt-right media picked up Pepe and it got lumped into, like, hate symbols yeah. because it was being used by by neo-Nazis, but in conclusion, neo-Nazis ruin everything yeah. forever. Those neo-Nazis, but I'm just, it. I'm just the sitting old ones here, too. <laughs> taken aback. I'm just sitting here, the year of our Lord, 2016, mm. and we are on the radio discussing Pepe, the meme, mm. has been classified as a hate symbol. Well, this is the most prestigious program ever. <laughs> Pepe the Frog has been deemed <laughs> responsible for hate crimes across the nation. Oh my goodness. Well, the original creator has said, do not associate my creation with this crap, and has put out a letter. Take uh, Pepe back? Take well, back I just, Pepe. I just really quick, <laughs> Make I Pepe just really want people who don't know about this to understand the absurdity of the situation. Go for it. That this is a goofy meme that people would post on the internet, the stupidest thing you can imagine. You know, someone would take like a pepperoni pizza and, and shape bell peppers into Pepe's face and be like, oh, it is a pepperoni pizza. Like, this is the level of discourse we're speaking about. And the creator has to issue a statement to distance himself from Nazis. Well, keep in mind, like, things start off as innocent and then eventually take on a life of their own where it gets to be. <laughs> well, I think that's, I think that's the, the everything behind it. Yeah, once people, the internet kind of takes it and then just rips it apart and builds it back up in some other image. You know what I mean? Well, we, this and isn't then anything they, new. They, the most famous example right. is the swastika. Oh, yeah. A horrible, horrible symbol of, of just like racism and evil. It's from Buddhism. It started off, exactly. You it's know, a peace uh, symbol, wasn't it? It was like a it's sign a of being symbol. lucky. It's a oath yeah. for power, I thought. Well, all sorts well, it was, of it was crap. A Buddhist, it was a Buddhist symbol of, of no particular negative significance. Mm-hmm. But or, some jive sucker with a bad mustache said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear a red band with this on because I think it looks snazzy as I try to exterminate an entire race of people. And if you notice, if, you, if you're familiar with Boston, a more particular like the Brighton area, a lot of the apartment buildings, mm-hmm. uh, as you walk into the buildings, the floor patterns 
are like overlapping Nazi looking symbols and they're all over the place. Those old, old tiles look like old Nazi symbols all over. Yeah, At least I'm all over Alston. I've been into like a dozen different uh, apartment complexes. What are you, what are you trying to say about our hometown? Adam. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that was what was in mind, though. Like, yes, Nazis, everything, you know. So, but uh, no, nah, but what it comes down to is, yeah, no, you're right. And Pepe the Frog seems to be the I'll latest be right to here. fall victim to this ridiculousness, and that's pretty much what it is, ridiculousness. Fandagraphics and uh, Matt Fury have come out rejecting the association of the character with racism. They're urging fans and others to uh, block, report, <laughs> and denounce. The illegal uses of the character. The illegal Pepe's. The illegal Pepe's. Shut down the illegal Pepe's. <laughs> take, make, take Pepe back for America. Basically, report them. Uh, if you see anyone pirating it for any of these illicit purposes, you report them right away. How do you enforce this? I'm not exactly you sure. You don't. The internet Creating is bigger than you. Police Pepe's. Well, I, I, I'd imagine just just don't share them. Just come up with something original. You if you're gonna hate something, remove the power from the evil. <laughs> well, this Pepe. is how I feel. I mean, we all know my ridiculous love for Loki from Marvel Comics. Wait, you like Loki? I know it's crazy, but like I was trying to make a punk vest and get a Fenrir patch for it and a Slepnir patch, mm -hmm. but every time I wanted to buy a Norse mythology related back patch or patch, it was always this like horrible Odinist neo-Nazi website, and I'd be like. Why are you ruining everything, neo-Nazis? And here they are again. Here they are again, ruining our rare Pepe's. That's a, it's a hard thing to look for, because if I was a big fan of Iron Crosses, mostly because well, I like ironworking. Well, that's the thing, yeah, Iron, Iron Cross, uh, Odin's Shield, mm -hmm. even Thor's Hammer, they've all been appropriated by white pride garbage people, and it's just awful. Yeah. yeah, they they feel know, like uh, they can come out of the shadows now because of the, yep. the British exit and because of Trump. Oh, like they, no, no, Lemmy like rocks can, some good stuff. But yeah, but Lemmy, Lemmy, like terrible. is so clearly far removed from, you know. I feel like if someone was like, "You're a Nazi," they would melt. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> me and Herb are the minorities in the room here, so let me, you know, choose what? my words carefully. What? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Herb. Are you, are you claiming the whiteness? What? Well, I'm super black. Are you kidding? <laughs> Um, but no, it's uh, basically Pepe the Frog has been a symbol that's been bastardized for basically awful purposes, and that's one of the things we should pay I thought it was pretty ridiculous when I read that interview, too, because literally a guy had the tattoo of him, and they're like, asking all these questions. I'm like, ah, he's like, I don't even know what's going on. He's like, I just that's like so the memes. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for, as the kids I'm say, the lulls. The memes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I don't know. know. It all starts, and then, you know. Free Pepe. Zeke. Kyle. Um, okay, so, um... <laughs> Sign of how bad things can get when millennials and Nazis get together. Man. Oh my god! <laughs> Alright, so on that note, uh, Ryan, you got to check out a uh, kind of spiffy uh, Android game. You want to tell spiffy. us about it? That one would be Kitty in the Box, Kitty. which was a lot more interesting than it actually sounded. Wait, um, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm sorry. It sounds more interesting than there's some kitty in that box. Uh, yeah, it took you a second. Yeah, Would yeah. you no. say it was meowstanding? Oh, not again. Oh. No, no, we're not doing say, that. Yeah, I would say it was meowstanding. Um, it, it has a few different aspects to the game. Mm -hmm. One, you pick your cat. You have a list of cats. Only the first two are unlocked. Um, one's a white cat, one's a black cat, which brings back... There's a peppy cat in there somewhere, I think. But um, Peppy cat, not puppy cat. <laughs> no, it was puppy cat. No, no, actually, there was a puppy cat. There but, was a puppy um, cat in the game. What really kind of caught my sued. attention was there's a bat cat. Like it's a Batman themed cat, and then there's a ghost cat where he's just like see through. Mm -hmm. He's just used his ninth life. But those ones you have to unlock with the in-game in currency, the fish, which you get through clearing levels. Mm -hmm. And it's almost exactly what you expect from a cat game, where 
you slide into a box, you jump into a box, you mm. fall into a box, you just find new ways to get into a box. By I'm, I'm trying so hard to be good. It sounds like you're not kidding around with that positive review. <laughs> Did you write these? Uh, <laughs> I, I, why am I here? <laughs> okay, so basically there's, there's a lot of cat themes. If I'm somebody who's just in, into it for like solid gameplay, uh, oh, what's going to gameplay? drive what's going to drive me to Kitty in the Box? I am bored out of just bored out of my mind. I need something I can put down in a minute. Um, well, why don't I bat around a ball of, a ball of yarn? I don't know. I didn't yeah. see any ball of yarn in the game. You chase mm. fruit into a box. So that's chase, it. So you just it's all try about, to get in a box. Pat, yeah. not every game needs a purpose. It, it's one of those without a purpose. Uh, Tetris has more purpose in this game, I think. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's just a if you like building, you can put little hats on them. You can design them. You unlock new cats. You put little accessories on them. Mm-hmm. And if you're into that kind of stuff, then okay. I, I've played games where that was a huge feature in a game. So it's a good way to kind of occupy your time. Yeah. Basically, if you're waiting in line at the DMV, yeah. Do you want to talk about the gameplay itself? Could you tell us about how, like, how yeah, how does one play Kitty in a Box? Of, it's kind of like a side-scrolling game, like Mario, where the only things that really can really hurt you is you fall off a cliff, mm-hmm. or you don't get the objective, which is you're you got a, lo- a line about six inches long or six blocks long. Mm-hmm. You hold the button, you it runs, but it runs, and then you let go of the button and it slides. So that sounds pretty so simple. So you slide through the box and into the the box without and catch the fruit without falling off the cliff. Okay, so how, what kind of difficulty level are we talking here? Um, right. it didn't look at difficult at first, but it's actually a little more. It takes some hand-eye coordination, it takes some reaction time. Okay. And I don't have that. So it's like a, a very simple one-button type of game, kind of like uh, Flappy Bird. Kind of, yeah. Um, the only other option it's giving you is like you jump by. You hold the button to run, you flick it up a little bit to jump, and then let go, and he kind of hops. You don't want to hop too far or too short. Um, get the fruit, go through the box, you get points. The more points you get, the more fish you get, which you can spend on stuff in-game. So this and, is a touch game, uh, iOS type of thing? Um, iOS or Android. Um, conveniently, they give you the option to pay real money for lots of currency in games so you can buy stuff. I like larger boxes. Uh, yeah, something. No, it's, uh, you can just buy currency so you can get more accessories. Okay. Some people are into that. It's not my thing. Um, I don't like games so much that, uh, make you pay for stuff. Pay to win. Wow, okay, so if it's not free, you want, you're not having it? Dude, that's... No, I, I can't see myself That's the definition of capitalism. Congratulations! <laughs> well, I'm a capitalist, but I, I'd like to capitalize on my own money. All right, I'd like so, to spend it where I see fit. Okay, so end of... What? Okay, so end of the day, um, you're not a crazy cat enthusiast, but you. No, I play it again. I won't down. I won't delete it. I'll I'll probably play it on the bus or on the train or whatever. Okay, so thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. All right, awesome. You got to check out one more though, didn't you? Yeah, I played a uh, Virginia, the first person thriller. Virginia. It was nothing like what I expected. I'm thinking something old west. Yeah, that's, but, why, that's uh, why I say it like that. Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. We need to get a soundboard in there. Maybe. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to encourage Herb that way. Uh-huh. It's happening. Dude. But instead, what I got was a, uh, a small family in a small town, modern day society. Uh, there's actually no dialogue to this whatsoever, by the way. You read well, no stuff. one says anything in Virginia. I mean, they just like click do we click at each other. It's a mystery detective game where uh, you find out, find this parents, set of parents lost kid. Uh, apparently, he's a school student, something like that. He's a college smart, student. Smart. Uh, he's a full grown adult. <laughs> well, you've seen you seem kind of conflicted. He's a no, he's a, he's I, a kid. I'm, I'm sure. He was well, a high he's an older kid. I mean, he's 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 dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, um, he's a high school student. He's missing. Okay. Uh, no one knows where he is. You go to, you're the detective. You go to his house. Mm -hmm. Taken from setting to setting. It's almost an escape the room kind of game on a more elaborate scale. So you got like a whole house. You got to find clues throughout the room. And once you unlock everything in that room, you, they take you to the next scene. It's kind of primitive looking design, but it's... The, well, you're, uh, talking about a, you're talking about a mobile game too, right? Was it no, intentionally this is cartoony? A PC Steam game. Ah, well then. So it's kind of like a point and click where you click everything to see if the inner if you can interact with it mm -hmm. but you move around from room to room so it's an uh, adventure style game yeah it's kind of like if you're in a first person shooter but no one gets hurt okay that that that's a tv show so you don't see your own character at all oh no you don't see your own character unless it's you're on the other side of a light and your shadows on the wall or you see yourself in the mirror or something like that are you moving in real time it's in real time for example they uh start a family there everybody's on the couch you watch a little bit of Motion, because again, there's no words, there's nothing. You can just assume from every, the way everybody looks. Mm -hmm. Person has their hand on their shoulder, real solemn look. There's a priest in there in the room. Wait, so you said this was a game about finding the kid. All you've done is describe like the most depressing. Like it sounds like attending a it funeral. Is the game. It is kind of like a funeral. The game. It's like they don't know where the kid is, and you're the detective. You're observing while the family goes through the grieving process. Well, I don't see why I'd want to visit Sounds Virginia thrilling. after this. It's riveting. No, it's if you got a lot of time to kill and you got nothing better to do, that's one of those ones I would do, I suppose. But I could only go do so much of it before it seemed repetitive. Wow. Thirty minutes of it, and it was tedious and horrible. It is tedious. Oh. Tedious is exactly the word for it. Okay. All right. So I take it at the end of the day, gameplay sucked, story sucked. I'd so give that one a thumbs down. It was. They didn't bring anything new to it after about 30 minutes of it. That kind of brings me down, you know, because I really appreciate a good find the dead kid simulator. Think if I'd have found the kid if, if there was like a progress bar or something. Was this then? Like how cold his body gets over time? Then I'd say it's an RPG where you're the uh, detective and you just got to go through each room mm -hmm. and click on stuff until you find clues. and geez. Adventure that style? An adventure yeah. RPG. All right. So this is Virginia and you would recommend we pass. Try it for yourself, but I would pass. Okay, Pass all right. there, there was no try for you. So we, we, we're not that lenient here on this show, pal. All right, it's passed, and then you find the game. with you, you, you hate on it with extreme prejudice. If you find copies in stores, you break them and run so they don't charge you. If you meet the creator <laughs> on the street, you punch him in the chest. You maybe steal his shoes. Or give him 20 bucks to put some more into his uh, programming. Or that too. Ryan recommends charity. All right, so Amy McCobb and I got to check out New York Comic-Con. Sure did. Mm -hmm. The NYCC is an annual uh, convention that takes place in New York in the illustrious Javits Center, uh, located at lovely Manhattan. What is this accent? I don't know. I was trying to do like somewhere between Robin Leach and a diseased yak. You know, oh, you so did a somewhere. good job. That was thank, nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Years of practice. Yeah, you caught that yakiness. Uh, I, I, it's, all, it's all on the wrist. So, um... I got to check out New York Comic Con. I gave a partial report last uh, last episode, but I believe your experience was actually pretty different. Um, I mean, yes and no. I, I had an amazing time at New York Comic Con. Uh, well, I, my, it didn't suck for me. I mean, yeah, no. I just, I guess I'll start with the one, the only true negative, and this isn't necessarily a negative. Was I was supposed to interview Yaya Han, mm -hmm. and there was some sort, a little bit of miscommunication over at her booth. And it seemed that she was also not present for some of the portions of the day that she was supposed to be throughout the weekend. You mean not physically present? Not she, that was she was not like physically present. Out, she was not. Balls. She went to the astral plane, mm. and then they had to find Doctor Strange to bring her back. And it took like a really long time. Well, so she they didn't call Doctor Fate. That's she why. didn't make it. Yes, <laughs> I did it. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue. Anyway, so unfortunately, I did not get to touch base with Yaya Han. I did catch her on the way out, mm -hmm. and she seemed apologetic for not 
having the time, but that doesn't give us the interview that we sought, unfortunately. So, right, so do we want to forgive, or should I send Herb to replace with a uh, box of scorpions? <laughs> hey, hey, don't bring any nice fine scorpions into this. You're right. I'm sorry. Those just are really Herb. Good. She just, also did, to just be set honest, the lawn on fire. Nothing, so, for those that else. don't know, she was there repping. Um, she has a big line of cosplay fabrics at Joanne's right now. And it, to be fair, it seemed like she was less cosplay oriented and more there to just shill the fabrics, which I understand because everybody's got to make a buck. Mm-hmm. But she uh, has a line of cosplay oriented fabrics at Joanne's right now. Okay. Well, They're I mean, okay. we, can, we can forgive her for the absenteeism, uh, but I think the real, the real meats of the convention will come from the fact that Adam Willis was not there and he's dying to know. It's true. Every nook and cranny that made well, awesome. Not everyone, one of my, one of my favorite crannies and nooks was actually at the Marvel booth. Mm. They had, uh, sponsored by a shaving company, they had a barber chair where you could, if you were a bearded individual, mm. come in and have your facial hair trimmed to match many famous Marvel facial hair havers. Oh, so God. I'm really glad that they not only had Thor, but they were repping my boy Fandrel. Hmm. So, for those who don't know, uh, he, he is the, the handsome one of the Warriors 3, and he has a rather nice uh, twirly mustache and a bit of a goatee. Mm. But you can get the Tony Stark, you can get Doc Strange, you, know, you can get all kinds of different facial hair. And, I mean, this was legit. They'd, you, you could sit down in a barber chair, and they would give you a good shave. I would have gone and I thought and that was the, real uh, cool. You didn't notice this? I, thought I, that was... I didn't. I'd have, I'd have gotten the Fin Fang Foom. I don't think sadly they offered that one, but they oh, they really what? should have. They should have. Yeah. But it was it was a lot of fun. I stood around watching a couple people get stuff. It was really cute. Uh, one guy went in there with a real big bushy beard, walked out with a Tony Stark. It was just real cool to see that happen. It's and I, I thought that was a nice uh, nice little trick for Marvel. I thought so. Shout out to Marvel, uh, make it a pretty good booth. Good for uh, them. I'd like to go in and you know get my. Uh, what are they charging for that? Do you know? Nothing. Really? At the con, it was just totally free. That's what made it. It was just really endearing. I did also witness one guy walk by the booth, and he was so mad that he'd apparently shaved his whole beard that morning. No, oh, wow. He was oh, so pissed. So, oh. He was so pissed. He's like, "Oh man, I shaved it this morning. Well, if can't. only." But how would you know? How would you know? But it was really exactly. cute. It was one of the better things. Another uh, good thing I thought Comic Con did was. They expanded some of the area that they have the exhibitor booths in. Usually the exhibitor booths are only on this one floor when you first walk into the Javits Center, but they added some things downstairs in the same area that they have paneling, which I thought was a nice touch. It had a lot of the interactive booths for movies. Um, They had one, The Man in the High Tower, which I... I don't need to go to the total Nazi experience or whatever, but I appreciate that they had that from the Amazon show. Who those who don't know, it's a TV series about what if the Nazis won, basically. Yeah. And, uh, it's a TV not, show about Pepe the Frog. Not for me, yeah. It's all about those Pepes. But then they also had, you know, John Wick 2. They had a booth for a couple of upcoming video games, and they had a lot of really cool, like, walk-through interactive experiences. And I thought it was a good idea that they moved that off of the main... Javits Center floor, which did actually, I felt it was easier to walk around this year than previous years, even though it's still hellishly crowded. Please understand, when I say easier to walk around, I mean shuffling at the slowest pace, but it did feel like they spread out the aisles significantly better. I think they did, but they also cut back a little, I think, to accommodate the larger, um, uh, what do you call it, the larger... I felt there was, some things were lacking. Well, there was re- there was record record attendance, and what they've done is uh, they've kind of cut back on the artist alley. Yes. Which I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad. Thing. I it will seems... absolutely say it is a negative. There were less 
up-and-coming artists, less local artists, and the artist alley itself seemed to be heavily focused on established people. And uh, there were a couple of booths that were interesting, people that had bought booth space to sell things and, you know, get their own comics out. I spoke with a woman that did an excellent manga, online manga, uh, called Romeo and Julian, which is a really cool queer take on Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Romeo... Which should not be a romantic story. I hope that was from like well, a different perspective. No, that's the whole point. It's 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 very fun. It seems very funny. I actually ended up reading a lot of it. It's it's great. But uh, but the twist on that is that Julian uh, Julian's family owns a Renaissance fair, and uh, he cross dresses in this fair as one of the princesses, and and Romeo falls for him while he is in drag, and hijinks ensue. It's very, very cute. Uh, the woman that draws it and the woman that writes it are both. They were lovely. Uh, so I do recommend people uh, go online, check out Rome. It's Romeo x Julian. Uh, they also provide, uh, if you support, I think they have a Patreon, if you support their work, they have a lot of, like, you know, not safe for work images. But mm. it's really it's really fun, especially for if you're a Yaoi fan. They're kind of doing their around, you know, they're a little bit older, and I think it's it's a really positive thing because it has a good like throwback, uh, you know, Yaoi heyday like late '90s vibe to it, while still being relevant to a modern audience. Well, so that was under real cool. Cut that, but it also sounds like a very specific episode, um, uh, Pepe, Pepe Le Pew cartoon that I remember, where um, just because the different color scheme, is that the one where the, the, is that the one where the the cat? is in the dress am i thinking of the right i am thinking, thinking of the one. The yeah. oh my gosh yeah. i can't believe i'm actually know which episode what you're talking about well, pepe lupi come on pepe no, lupi the skunk is chasing after the black and white striped cat mm. like the dude cat and he's in the he gets running he's trying to run away and he runs through someone's laundry and ends up in a little pink dress yeah it's adam's oh favorite. my gosh it's saturday i like that i remember this but anyway back to comic-con <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the highlights on a personal level one of the highlights for me is uh, I was there as Loki, agent of Asgard, and I had both Karen Gillan, the creator of Kid Loki, and the incarnation of Loki that I cosplay, and Al Ewing, the writer of Agent of Asgard, sign my Loki jacket on the inside. And it was really cool. Unfortunately, Karen Gillan had misunderstood when his signing time at the Marvel booth was. We showed up at three, not two. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us had waited a really long time and didn't really get to speak with him. But it was really cool to meet both of them. I had a really good chat with Al Ewing, actually, about the comic, which was really gratifying for me. So that was definitely a highlight. All right. So you finally gotten over that. Yeah, I'm so for those who don't know, Pat ran into Al like Ewing a long last year. Thing. Pat ran, ran into Al Ewing last year, and and I didn't get to meet Al Ewing last year. I I did not at all. But Pat did, who I, has only a mild interest in in this writer. Look, and look, I he was a cool guy. True is all. believer. He, 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 he I also it. speaking of true believer, uh, I breathe the same air. Uh, as Stan Lee, I saw him about a 50-yard distance walking past me. I just want everyone to know. I'm surprised he hadn't started selling bags of it like Kanye did. I know. He should just breathe. People would buy it, I'm sure. Bags of Stan Lee Air. They, I'm sure someone would, would buy the Stan Lee Air. <laughs> they sell Kanye Air? They sell Kanye Air. Oh, you Kanye, can get... Kanye, you Kanye can, West. How do I for, know for like, it, What is it, like $500 a bag, oh, right? What a, wow. what a four of those. Yeah. It was God, you know what? If you can market that, no. good for you. Air from his concerts. The fuck out of here. I'm Come sorry. on, man. Yeah, seriously. Kanye West was selling bags of air. I, I, from I his concert, admire his efforts. It, it, I, I, I admire if his You can get away with that. Good for you. But yeah, um, so <laughs> one of the things I feel, unfortunately, as you mentioned with Comic Con, that's slightly negative, real quick, mm -hmm. is they def the commercialization of it is insane. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel as, you know, I, I haven't gone for many years. Mm -hmm. It is not as 
fan oriented, if you will. It feels like, okay, what are they selling me? What what all the panels of like, oh, here's an up and coming show, here's this movie coming out, here's that movie coming out, well, and it they didn't made feel. A con- they made a conscious effort over the past couple of years to stamp that out, and I feel like that because um, I want to say back around maybe 2000. Uh, and you can back me up on this because you probably have a better under- uh, feel of it uh, around like 2012, 13, where it was completely dominated by like video game companies. Yes, and it's definitely better in that lines. regard. But paneling wise, I felt like their content that, was though. lacking. Yeah, because there's these huge ones. Yes. And then- I mean, you, the, for those who don't know, they moved a lot of their content over to Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to see, for example, the John Wick panel with Keanu Reeves, you had to wait six to seven hours to get in. This is not an exaggeration. Wow. There are people who waited well, practically overnight for these things. I mean, John Wick's cool, but... It's just <laughs> getting a little inaccessible to the more casual fan. Yeah, and that's I, I have huge issues with that because this, of all things, should be the opportunity for fans. Yeah, it should be winning yeah, over absolutely. fans opposed to alienating them, you know? Yeah. And also is, just the con- price con- is getting a little prohibitive. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's I believe, uh, about $100 now. It may even be a little more if you're yeah, the there, was much days. More, there was much more emphasis on yeah the individual days over three day passes, and they're cutting back on entire weekend passes. They're selling more Thursday passes, which Thursday this year was the most crowded Thursday I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And usually Thursday, for those who don't know, also it's typically uh, industry exhibitor and pro badges only, mm-hmm. uh, with a smattering of people attending. And it it was about as the, you know Thursday is the new Friday, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, they've pretty much expanded that and been public about it too. This isn't like a yeah, covert no, there's thing no, they're doing. not being shady or anything. But yeah, so in conclusion, with me, I had a really marvelous time at Comic Con. I cosplayed as my favorite favorite character. I got both the guys that created and worked on this character kind of being like, "Whoa, you look awesome!" and it was really nice. And I just had like a really cool experience. But I would say that if there's any negatives, it's just that over commercialization and they need to, you know, maybe squeeze the wallet closed a little bit and think about attendance. I, I hate to you know, put out there that maybe it should be more exclusionary because I want everyone who wants to attend to be able to attend, mm-hmm. but it is overstuffed. Well, I like it is the, truly too overpacked. I like the uh, the MO they've taken. They they took this year of expanding to different venues, not just cramming everything yep. in the Javits and then your SOL if you didn't make this or didn't make that right away. Um, they had different vendors uh, offering things in raffle form, so you don't have to be right there. You got your ticket ahead of time. You bought this online, and then we'll let you know if you won. Then the you come system, in. Yeah, pop, pop vinyls, for example, had a booth. Uh, the the Funko booth mm-hmm. had an excellent system of you would get a ticket, and that ticket told you when to show up that you can buy buy your stuff. Yeah, it made for a much cooler experience where you can walk around, feel free to experience the con itself versus I gotta be here and I gotta do this and I gotta wait in this line and yeah. fight this crowd for this one thing. There were tons more exclusives and expanding things to like Madison Square, uh, yeah. Square Garden. And real quick, I just want to give a shout out to congratulate and say how cool it was that a uh, band I really like out of out of New York, You Bred Raptors actually played at the Adult Swim booth on Sunday. Uh, it was really, really cool to see them get some recognition. Awesome band. Check them out. You Bred Raptors. You can find them on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like the official band, if you will, of the Adult Swim booth. And uh, Adult Swim had this kind of glass box of a booth. It was really cool. They did. And they you were. could see this band. One of their things that they do is they wear various masks that they take off. And the, they just do a lot of great stuff. And it was really cool to see them at New York Comic Con. Nice. They finally come up from playing small, small local venues like Amy McCall's birthday. Yeah, they did. They did play my birthday show last year, which was for for those who don't know, a satanic birthday burlesque show. Mm. 
I just want to put that out there so that when they're like selling out. Yeah, when you're you know, guys, guys, right. Pete, when y'all are selling out out there, mm-hmm. remember me. Shows in Vegas. <laughs> right opposite Celine Dion. Um, <laughs> I had an awesome time too. I I, I kind of gushed over this over and over again without going into specific details, but I got to speak to a lot of uh, smaller vendors who normally uh, you wouldn't think to see at New York Comic Con. They've made that more accessible too. And as I said, I liked expanding outside of the Javits because that created more opportunity to, to attend the larger panels and to see shows, you know, to make the most out of the weekend for the fan. And even as press, I got more access to people, was able to get more pictures and more interviews because they're not uh, making it such a, um, this is an exclusive event. Before it felt kind of like a uh, a P. Diddy white party. Yeah, no, I can see that. Like it it definitely now feels a little bit better in the sense that I don't feel like I'm being marketed to all the time, Mm. but it did feel unfortunately still There's a backstep in some of those realms. It's still a little stifling in the sense like there was a booth where you could charge your phone. It was by Black Sails. Uh, which is a TV series, which is actually mm-hmm. pretty cool. Pirates love it. Yep. But they had a thing where you, if you bought, if you bought a subscription to Stars, you can get a phone charger or something, <laughs> or maybe it was like a flask. <laughs> but it, and then there was another booth. I forget which one it was. Maybe it was actually the Marvel booth. Mm-hmm. But they were pushing like a credit card, like sign up for your, it was Marvel booth. It was a sign mm-hmm. up this credit card and get your exclusive Marvel, you know, minifigure. Yeah, shady practices and do still happen. And it's just real. You know, I don't go to Comic Con to open a credit account. Mm-hmm. I go to be big time because we're not five star press. We're just regular one star press. <laughs> and that's a, yeah, I got that so many times. It's it feels like that's what I was talking about with the backstep. It feels yeah. like they're starting to go back into those old habits of we're going to try to cater to everybody and seemingly be fair to all audiences. But some audiences are, are, are yeah. I know more Pat had this to, issue you know? too. I got called out a couple times like, oh, you want to do an interview? Where's your equipment? It's like oh, it's a radio show. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, well, <laughs> Why don't we, you just talk to me and then I'll talk about it? Or if you would like to record a sound clip this iPhone I have this computer that fits in my pocket yeah. if you'd <laughs> like to speak into it I'm sorry you only have last year's XLR and we all know the biggest media outlets have this year's XLR it's like it's not IGN we can't talk but you sit and spin yeah, um, it was a little awkward but overall yeah. really cool I met two of like my hugest comic book idols that mm-hmm. was really really cool so I, I had a really good time at Comic Con and I have to say though, real mm-hmm. quick, I went to King Richard's Fair this past weekend, mm-hmm. and I had more people at King Richard's Fair know which Loki I was than at New York Comic Con. Well, I mean, everyone knows Tom Hiddleston. I don't understand why I you had so a much. Hard time. <laughs> I hate so much. <laughs> All right, I had a decent time too. Not going to uh, King Richard's Fair because I'm black, and it was a decent time at New York Comic Con. I highly recommend anyone actually. Uh, check it out if you haven't. Maybe not for your first con, but definitely if you're interested in these types of things and you have the time, definitely make it for uh, NYCC. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. Adam? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, as, someone, as someone who I've continuously tried to get to go when you turn me down every year. I didn't turn you we... down. I just wasn't able to go. All right. It's all not right. Really so much as turning you down. I'm, I'm like, not... oh, I, I, no thanks. It's more like... Uh, I'm going to get you there one of these days, man. Yeah, man. It's going to happen. Doesn't New York have, like, really bad rules and regulations when it comes to, like, conventions there? Like, they always shut down at, like, 10 or 9 at night or something like that. Well, they do, but I thought that was general just for, like, safety. You know, it's in in downtown in a huge city. Right. Um, And you've got a lot of people. A lot of them are adolescents. uh, Do do you feel that? Clubs and such. Do you feel that? 
interferes with uh, the con experience, especially when you go into like cons in Connecticut or Comic Con isn't the kind of con though that I feel would benefit from being open madly. It's not like a hotel con. It's not like you know. And if you recall, Connecticut this year we're shutting down real early, mm-hmm. and that sucked because that is like a cool hangout con. Comic Con I don't feel veers towards that. They do have some later night content though. Uh, panels run a little bit later, especially on weeknights. Paneling, I think, went to 11, I want to say, as well as screenings went much later. And Comic-Con also has several official and slightly unofficial parties. Like, if you wanted to go to after parties, you could find stuff to do Thursday night, Friday night, even as far back as Tuesday, Wednesday night, there was stuff going on in New York. I know there was various things at, like, Lovecraft Bar, Waystation, uh, Bob Shrunken Head, or there's, like, all these different... Auto Shrunken Head, sorry. Like, all these different... Uh, no, Beetlejuice Shrunken Head. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Auto Shrunken Head's a bar. Like, they had a burlesque show I know like like Anya Keister was there and like a bunch of different cool stuff going around so like Comic Con itself may cut off a little early but there's surrounding events that flush it out well into the night you know Sonic Boombox had a had like a rave like there's a ton of stuff to do mm. I would say more so than most other conventions even yeah okay. just may not be on site alright but speaking of things on site and out of sight. I have no, I have no smooth transition. <laughs> that, was, um, that was pretty good. That was, I, nah, good. That was awful. That was good, don't, don't encourage my antics. I shouldn't I'll, be on the I'll radio. Give you a, I'll keep it up, man. All right. Well, um, get the bronze. A comic I got to check out was Back to the Future: Citizen Brown by the same people who did Back to the Future, Bob Gale and Al Silvestri. Dude, a comic continuation of the Back to the Future story, based so, on Doc Brown. Not just Doc Brown. Mm. Uh, Doc's involved, Marty's involved, the Tannins are involved, the, everyone's in the sucker. They've paid attention to some of the things that have become like, what the hell? Why the hell did this happen? And work those in the story. So is this the family, like, after the first one when they're, like, more well off? That's where they start. Okay. But this is more about Doc not being able to stop screwing with the past than Marty messing up. Well, he, like, messed it up for the good, though, I think. His family wasn't white trash anymore. It was like... Well, they're always going to be white trash. (laughs) Sure. Marty was definitely involved, but he wasn't the catalyst in the story. Doc is the catalyst in the story. And they just kind of worked Jennifer out of the third movie, didn't they? They just kind of knocked her out and left her on a bench. Yeah, she wasn't, yeah. 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 This story starts off like, Marty, I need your help! And Jennifer's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Marty, are you going to help this crazy old man again? He's like, well, yeah, he's my friend. He's, my fr-. he's like, no, no, I want no part of this. I'm out. And, and she's just ghost. That's how it starts off. She's like, screw you guys, I'm going home. But yeah. react to that versus just have her there with nothing to do. Sure. It's kind yeah. of struggle to the characters, struggle to the reader. Good way and to explain then, it, you're out of here, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. The book itself then goes into the general back to the future trope of Doc needs something done. Marty does things for for Doc, and I, it took me a while to realize this. I is think. it like a is the DeLorean still there too? The DeLorean. So there. is it like a storyline based on like oh this thing doesn't work? It's out of gas. There's no plutonium in the century. No, no, like that, no. This know? is this is this is more. Oh, you know what this is like. Do you remember that episode, the Treehouse of Horror episode of The Simpsons, where Homer kept going back in time with the toaster? Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's What's like, a donut? Look, kids, it's raining again. <laughs> this was yes. This was very much in line with that, where he goes, where someone goes back in time, does the thing that's supposed to fix the timeline. They go back to the future, and then something else is screwed up. So we got to go back again, fix this, and then go back and then return. Something else is screwed up, and keep going back and forth. Or then which, we had the butterfly effect, which no one saw. Oh, um, oh, I I saw the butterfly effect. That, that's not a thing to admit out loud. No, Don't say that. 
people are, have... people are judging you over in Japan right now. Oh boy. And that, that judgment's just gonna get bigger and more heinous as it comes now. Okay, well, the actual premise is, let me read down the synopsis. <clears throat> Time travel into comics directly out of Telltale's 2010 smash hit episodic video game, Back to the Future, the game. Uh, adapted to comics at last, is what they say in their propaganda, but not propaganda, media hype. Um, when an empty time-traveling DeLorean suddenly shows up in 1986, Marty McFly quickly learns that his friend, Dr. Emmett Doc Brown, is stranded in 1931 and possibly in mortal danger. That's pretty much where the whole big mystery and drama uh, storyline wrap-up. And I thought this would be a whole big thing where Marty's going back in time and picking up clues and finding out what's happened to Doc, and it would be like a whole L.A. noir detective-type setup. He goes back, he meets Doc, Doc knows what's up, and then just starts giving him tasks. I think the whole thing, the whole relationship between them is starting to develop into kind of like a non-sexual white slavery thing. <laughs> it's, it's just... It's, 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 so Doc needs stuff that he can't get himself or won't get himself, and then so he sends out the it all seems younger, more of your all. Yeah, it's, it's like, I need you to do this for it's me. Like it's like, why can't NPC. you do it yourself? Because I'm, 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 the, I'm, 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 the, I'm the smart guy, I'm the, I'm the thinker. Have what you seen this hair? I can't go out to him. Yeah. yeah. I'm still wearing this jumpsuit. Yeah. What this does is, um, I like the play out of the story. I like the way it was written, but then again, it was written by the original guy. So if you like Back to the Future, you might actually dig this as well. Uh, the only thing that got me was the fact that it makes it, it has no problem with stamping over uh, established uh, uh, plot lines that you come to like, you've come to know and appreciate as the logical uh, and happy ending mm. of Back to the Future. This is it, it suffers greatly from what I what I call uh, Ocean's Twelve syndrome. You know, where they had an established story, you wrapped it up neatly, everyone's satisfied with the ending, but you felt the need to go back over that and negate it. You know, so we had a happy ending at the end of Back to the Future 3. You know, there's a train involved now. You know, a little kid pointing at his crotch. It was amazing. Mm. And now, the, actually, that didn't The happen. hoverboard That's, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hoverboard in 18. <clears throat> so it was satisfactory. This goes back over that, and now there's like new cannons in, in the mix. You know, now there's like old school, like 1930s gangsters, but it's not as interesting as you might think. Now there's some um, random, it feels like a throwaway episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. You know, hey, we got stuck on the holodeck and weird stuff happened, but it, none of it's actually canon. No. Um, it feels like this was just a poor excuse to get some throwaway stories that they probably brainstormed in the, uh, in the storyboard phase. Uh, and roll it out. Sounds like a young Indiana Jones type thing, too. Yeah, if this, was a, if this was a TV show, I would watch it. Be, well, okay, if this was a TV show, not that Back to the Future cartoon show. No, like a, no, a, right. Yeah, but a live action, they've got access to a time machine. You know, they do funny stuff. It'd be, they, they could make it like a Warehouse 13 with time travel. You know, I'm surprised like this isn't a property that hasn't been picked up for like a TV show because there's so many stories you could do. You know what I mean? You go back much in time limitless. for so much. Yeah. There is, but. So, I would like to see. I'd like to see them branch out, and the fact that this stayed specifically on Doc's storyline, on Marty's storyline, and the Tanner storyline, and that's what kept getting altered throughout history. Not even like in an, in an Elseworlds fashion, but just so so and so's got green hair, they can't have green hair. We got to go back and fix it. Yeah. Now they got blue hair, and they can't have blue hair. I just realized when I said green hair, Amy perked up. I have green hair. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, basically, what it comes down to is, if you're a hardcore Back to the Future fan, I would recommend this, but don't expect to be completely satisfied. If you're not, it's an interesting story. Get it if you've got a couple extra bucks in your pocket, but not so if you're like really a, It's probably like an older story. It was geared to a more an older demographic. Yeah, probably, this this, you know this was I mean, this so. was fan service out the waz. This yeah. was one big like self suck to the uh, to the original creators. Like, look what we can do with property that everyone loves because we're the 
you know, we're the proprietors of this. We're the men, yeah. Yeah. Um, this isn't like a new operation taking up the license. This is them saying, you know what? Yeah, let's tell more stories with this. And it kind of unravels some of the original love I had for Back to the Future. Right. It's like if Back to the Future 2 was the ongoing series. Oh, okay. It's, nah, I'm, I was going to get really inside. I was going to say, <laughs> it's like if they made a Stargate SG-1 version of, based off of Back to the Future 2. If they yeah, made it off of Back uh, to the Future, it's a little cool. too esoteric. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, this is the level of nerdism we're talking here. Yeah, See, Ryan got everything I'm saying. But Bringing Lucas Complex all over it. See, there you go. This man knows. He's got terminology in his book. Which Jaws was it in Back to the Future 2 that they were advertising for? Jaws. 17? No, more than that. It was Jaws like 37. Something yeah. like that. The, the 3D scene always scared me when I was a kid. That so, scared you? I was so terrified of Jaws and when it kind of snaps down on him like that. Oh my god, I went nuts. You were I thought I was safe, you know? I just, I just imagine uh, just Adam just at home, a commercial comes on for like Jaws 3D playing tonight at midnight and you're just there at home. <laughs> Freaking out, yeah. That's alright, I feel that way about zombies. So sure. I can't. Make fun. Well, well, zombies are real. They're actually going to get you. Don't do so that to stuff. Unlike sharks, zombies are real. I just saw like a, a, a movie still for the new movie. It's called Meg, about the Megalodon shark that Jason Statham's in that's going to come out next oh, year. Uh, it's like a super shark movie. Oh they just caught that on camera. That's real. They it's found a real Megalodon thing. Well, I, I would assume that's like, like a prehistoric shark. They found it. They found it. Just Scient live. Science. Just chilling. You can Google it. Google search it. I don't want to. I just don't want to know don't that's out there. Found that terrifies the me. Are you going to the deep yeah. ocean? Are you planning on no. it's, it's getting a It's like a mile or so I refuse. Down. I have issues with giant sea creatures. It's like my favorite. I recently did. Giant creatures in general, like the concept Love of, of the, the, the colossal squid, the giant which is slope. a thing. Oh, jeez. When did, when did that come out. I just I actually don't want to hear that. It came out. It, they, <laughs> That's terrifying. They had one of those uh, they gave it like the only scale that they had was a, there was a cage like those cages that people go inside to protect them yeah, from sharks. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was sunken down into the bottom of, of the of the ocean floor because this is like a mile deep mm. and the shark swam around it and then I think it like took off. And ate it. Yeah. But its head was as big as that cage, and that cage is like for a great around like normal. eight by eight in oh, size okay. or ten time by ten. Portal BS was that? So the shark itself was like forty feet long. Look, I've yeah, seen that's... Pacific Rim, and if there's something that big at the bottom of the ocean, I'm scared. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's no. It, it, Once it, you get in like the forty foot range for anything that has teeth like that, that's just. Uh, that's not the good giant news. anglerfish down there waiting, that's not good news, biding its time for when I go swimming. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we've run out of goodwill and 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 fright for the kids, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode of the Geek Down here on WEMF. I've been Pat B. I want to thank my partner in rhyme, Adam Willis. Yes, sir. The blackest of black. Mm. Mm -hmm. Want to thank Mix Macabre. Free Pepe. Free <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank just Johnny. Yo. I want to thank our resident fill-in, Ryan, uh, an, an, anonymous, anonymous Ryan. Ryan. Anonymous Ryan. Can I get, can I, can I get some? Yes. All I'll right. Go with anonymous Ryan. DJ Herbie Herb. Woo! All right. I want to thank you all for joining us. I want to remind you all, you can catch us every Monday nights, 9 p.m. right here on WMFradio.com. You can catch the live streams on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. You can hear us on SoundCloud slash thegeekdown, on iTunes slash thegeekdown, on YouTube slash thegeekdown. Hit us up on Facebook slash thegeekdown, on Twitter slash thegeekdown, on Instagram slash thegeekdown. Just write geek down on a piece of paper and throw it out the window. We'll show up. Pretty much, yeah. Just flash that <laughs> symbol in the sky. Yep. Just a nerd with his, no, uh, nerd with his nose running. 
Um, also, if you heard anything on this show you want to chime in on, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com or just jump to the website at geek-down.com. Until then, we'll catch you all next Monday night, 9 p.m. right here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, be excellent to each other. Peace. Peace.